I got a hold of the book, Death by a Thousand Lies, by Blaine Bartell. It intrigued me because I knew the story of Blaine Bartell. I didn't know what had happened, why he left ministry, why all of a sudden he was gone from a major church here in Dallas. All I knew is that he was, something had happened. And then I got the book and it stunned me. It was so open. It was so clear what happened to him and his his use of pornography and how it bound up his life. I'm here with uh, Chris Shields, the producer of uh, Brave Men. And Chris, this thing, what I did is I DM'd him. So I direct messaged him and I said, hey, I'd love to get in touch. I mean, I'm reading this book and I'm just shocked at the stuff this man went through. He was famous. He was on television. He had this huge church. He was speaking to all these major conferences and then bam. It's crazy. It all came crashing down. Yeah. Yeah. Came totally crashing down on him. And, um, and then to find out, you know, what had happened yeah. and that he's been remarried and all this, this story is one of the most compelling stories I've ever heard in my life. And the book, I would suggest this book to everybody, Death by a Thousand Lies. And um, pretty amazing story. Yeah. It, I mean, it is an amazing story. And it just, for me, uh, provokes the reality of staying focused and keeping yeah. the right people around you, you know. Because accountability yeah. is a huge thing. Yeah, I think accountability is huge. Um, that's why we do Christian Men's Network Brotherhood. Exactly. You know, and it has to do with we we do better when we're in community. Exactly. We live better. Jesus was always, I mean, when you look at the life of Christ, he got away times to pray by himself. But most of the time you see him with guys, yes. with a band of brothers. And I think you saying that makes me just think of the reality. Do you think Jesus was in an identity crisis when he actually talked to um, Peter, asking him, who do you say I am? Who do you say? <laughs> no, I think it's a leading question. And that, right. lead, that leading question was why? Because when you have brothers, they remind you who you are. Who you are. And when you're insecure, you have to tell yourself who you are. But when you're secure... Yeah. They're telling you and yeah. reminding you, hey, bro, don't forget, you're the yeah. righteousness of God in him. Yeah. Now, the the issue for Blaine is he had men around him who, uh, if you will, kind of propped him up. Yeah. Because he was famous. So, But there's a balance. Boy, you know? You're right. Man. There has to be a balance. And I mean, even when you look at the story of Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus had um, 12, then he had three. Mm-hmm. You know, not the three and the 12 had different responsibilities yeah. for Jesus. And I think that that's a big deal when it comes to us. Yeah, you know, we have to, yes, I have my inner circle, but then I also have my outer circle. Yeah, my and then, outer, he had, then he had Lazarus. Exactly. Well, and, who was outside that circle. Exactly. Because he had to have somebody to hang out with. Well, this story today of uh, Blaine Bartell sounds like a movie. Yes. It, it, it um, sounds like a, a, a novel that you would read, but a real man lived this. Today on Brave Men, Blaine Bartell, the rise, fall, and resurrection of an evangelical icon. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Hey, I'm talking with Blaine Bartell, and Blaine Bartell, uh, I would have to say, in reading your book, Death by a Thousand Lies, sat on my back porch, I started to read it, and I thought, well, I'll read a couple chapters, and then I'll put it down, and I couldn't put it down. And in fact, uh, it's an inspirational book, it's rugged, it's brutal, 
It is stunning. It is authentic and it is redemptive. And I'm talking to Blaine Bartell. And after that, I remember I tried to, I tried to find your number and we finally connected. And I think my, my been the first thing I told you, man, I said, how did you write a book like this? <laughs> and, uh, but it came out of your life because that's what the book was. And, and I'd say all those things describe what's happening in your life. Your uh, Facebook says, don't settle for recovery when Jesus is handing out resurrections. And I guess that's become really the theme of your life, hasn't it, Blaine? It really has, uh, because I, I, Paul, first of all, so good to be with you, man. You're a rock star. I love you. Of course, loved your father. And yeah. uh, it's really an honor to have a conversation with you today. But yeah, it, you know, I died uh, 10 years ago it, it, on every level and including almost physically. I mean, I tried to take my life, but I lost my marriage. I lost uh, my children, my three boys for a number of years. Uh, we went bankrupt or I went bankrupt. Wow. Of course, lost ministry reputation and all of my own doing. Uh, it was all self-inflicted. Uh, 23 years of hiding uh, a secret world of pornography and sexual lust and vice and eventually, uh, you know, acting outside of my marriage in uh, so many different ways. And it Wow. Let me, let's set the stage. Let's set the stage. Yeah. See, because because what was the what was the Saturday night show? What was the TV show called? Uh, yeah, it was Fire by Night. Fire by Night. <laughs> that Fire by Night, man. That was like it was like the Walmart like, version of Saturday Night Live. But no, here's the deal, man. In in our world and with my kids and stuff, uh, when was that show on? When was that? It was. It started like Paul '86 and went through about '93. Okay, but it was cutting edge, and then it only went to 93, because I think they probably kept re-airing shows for oh, yeah. 10 years. Yeah, no, yeah, all the Christian networks aired them forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, because it was the only youth programming most of them had. But you had this amazing youth programming that was on, and, this, and, and you became like the fire-by-night guy. Yeah. And that came out of uh, a youth ministry that you did. What was the name? Give us the name of that. I know what it is. but uh, 180. 180. Yeah. And then your life did a, a 720 or something. Yeah. It oh, did a, yeah. <laughs> a 1080 right into a fence post. A 1080 post. <laughs> a fence post. Yes. So you had the 180 youth thing. And then, uh, and this is with uh, Church on the Move. Yeah. Pastor Willie George, uh, who had uh, a gospel bill. Mm -hmm. When my kids were growing up in the 80s, gospel bill was like a big thing. There was a camp out of that. Yeah, big camp, Dry Gulch, USA. Yeah, my yeah. kids went to it, man. Yeah. I mean, this deal was, you know, you talk about ZZ Top, we bad, we nationwide. You guys were that. <laughs> right? Yeah, without the hair, for sure. <laughs> yeah, a little Texas man. So, uh, this is, no, and you're a Canadian. Mm -hmm. Is that right? So, you're Canadian yeah, by birth, yeah, but now you're birth. a Tulsaite by Thank yeah, I, I've lived in the States longer than I lived in Canada, but I, I am actually still a, a, a Canadian. So. Okay, but you can't go home right now because of the border. No, they won't let me. So, so, so the, the, the framing of this thing is what's fascinating to me, and which, what you just described about the whole tip over and the stuff that happened is because you can't get more famous in the Christian world. Right. And you had crossover stuff going on. People in Nashville talking to you about TV shows and yeah. going on national networks. And I mean, this stuff's flying. And then you move to Dallas and plant a church that becomes one of the fastest growing churches 
in the Western Hemisphere. And then the stuff just absolutely the <laughs> hell breaks loose, man. That's and a it nice breaks loose it. because it had been going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, it started uh, when I was really young, Paul. I was, uh, I'd been in the ministry for about three years. Like you said, Fireman Night had exploded. You know, when you get on television, I don't care who you are, and it's national, uh, however good you are at it, just the fact that you, like you said, you become famous, you get all these opportunities. So I was speaking all over the place and doing events and all these things. And of course, you know, I'm 26, 27, 28 years old, and it's all going to my brain. And, oh, and I guess, what, where'd you grow up? What city in Canada? Uh, Calgary, Alberta. Oh, so you go from the wild west. <laughs> yeah. Calgary. I mean, I, cause I know Calgary. I love Calgary. Yeah. Well, it's a spectacular city. But you it go is. from the Wild West to being the big guy in the States. Yeah. And I just, uh, you know, I, I really, I remember how it started. I just wore myself out. I was gone mm. all the time, every weekend, taking every engagement because engagements meant more influence and, you know, more places to go and more income. And, and then I'd come back uh, and, and I'd just be working and, you know, making more television and, and writing and doing all the things. And I finally uh, just was sapped, Paul. I, I'd lost, you know, my energy. I'd lost my devotion, wow. uh, my passion that I began with. And I remember sitting in a hotel room one night and, bro, I'd never looked at porn in my life. I mean, my dad didn't have it. My friends didn't have it. It, it just was not a thing in my world. And I remember looking at the television in this hotel room and it had this white box and I knew what it was. It was an adult movie box. This is pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was, you know, I'd seen a hundred of them in hotel rooms, but for whatever reason that night, all my defenses were gone. I, mm -hmm. I had lost the ability to resist anymore uh, out of this exhaustion. And, and when exhaustion sets in, there's a little bit of entitlement that comes along, like you deserve a break. And so, hit the are, red you know, I, I, we mentioned this on our Monday night men's uh, deal. We are uh, master negotiators with ourselves. Yes. Because oh, we can talk ourselves into anything. And we're also the most skilled liars. Yeah. To ourselves. We are, man. Because we can lie to ourselves and then we say, oh yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I did. I mean, I lied to myself after uh, Wow. because I, I watched for 10 minutes, got done, turned it off, felt all this shame because I'd never done this ever in my life. I felt like I was going to hell. I felt like I yeah. was just so guilty. And I, I told myself I wouldn't do it again, but I made the worst mistake of my life that night in that I got dressed, went down to the front desk, and I told the, the clerk that I needed to pay for my movie. And the reason I did is because I didn't want my host, which was a church, to find out what I'd watch. So it was wow. the beginning of a cover-up uh, that would last 23 years. And I wow. remember saying, Paul, I'm never going to do this again. I, you know, I repented, I cried, I had tears, I was yes. sincere, I hated myself, and I didn't do it for six months. Uh, and then it, you know, went through that cycle again, and this time it was three months, and then it was a month until, you know, within a, a year or two, 
I was an absolute uh, addict. I was enslaved to this. Uh, so it's like world. crack cocaine for the brain. It was. Well, it has this, you know, the dopamine effect and the, uh, it has the same effect as, wow. as, a, as a drug high. And, uh, and so, yeah. And the, thing is, and the thing is, it's accessible and, and has become more accessible now. And, and if you will, it's a little more easily hidden than if you're on meth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I didn't lose any weight. My teeth didn't fall out, and I wasn't stumbling around, right? Right. It, and that's why I love the title of your book, because it's Death by a Thousand Lies, because it's like Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's like these little razor blade cuts that continued, and, and you don't think anything about it until all of a sudden you realize, man, I am I'm bleeding to death. Well, it just gets deeper, too, Paul, you know. I think it's somewhere in Proverbs that says, uh, lust is never satisfied. The eyes yeah. of man are never satisfied and hell is never full. Yeah. Describing hell there is not necessarily what we would think of. I don't think in, in terms of eternity, but rather destruction is never full enough. Yeah. Wow. We keep moving towards more and more uh, destruction. And so of course it didn't end with porn with me. You know, it started there, but it wasn't long before, you know, lust wanted more. Lust wanted yeah. to touch something. Lust didn't want to look at a picture or a photo. Yeah, so you started acting out. Yeah, well, you know. The, so you now, know. now you've got kids. you got a yeah, national ministry. Uh, you guys plant a church in Frisco. Yeah, we're in Frisco by this point, North Dallas, planning it's a North church. North Dallas. And uh, our boys are all uh, in their... 20s, early 20s at this point, and uh, church is blowing up, but I'm yeah. worse than I've ever been. By this time, I'm just completely out of control. And by this time, honestly, I'd given up on ever getting free. I mean, I tried so often. Oh, really? It was, in other words, at this point, you're like, yeah, whatever. It's just the way I am. Yeah, I was just waiting for a disaster. I was just waiting for really? exposure or death. Uh, because I'd, I'd, I'd encountered some really dangerous people in dangerous places. I was suicidal. Uh, wow. I was thinking about leaving the country and like just exiting and no one knows where I am just to, I mean, I was just, uh, my, my head was, was just going crazy. And so it was just a matter of time. I knew, I knew the end was coming. I really, now, the, you know, what's uh, now your, um, your podcast is called rethink this and you can find Blaine at Blaine B L A I N E. Is that a Canadian spelling? Blaine. A yes, it's a combination of my dad and my mom. Blake and Elaine equals Blaine. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, when you went to get the website, BlaineBartel.com, you probably didn't have a whole bunch of other guys trying to buy it. No, it was like $1.99. <laughs> Shoot, man. But Blaine Bartel, B-A-R-T-E-L.com, BlaineBartel.com. You got incredible resources there for guys dealing with what you're talking about. And you got a podcast called Rethink This. And then you've got um, the um, Facebook. You're on Facebook and, and you're active on it. And I love your description, resurrected storyteller, primitive believer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't know if that means I don't know if that means you don't know how to spell <laughs> primitive believer. Or it just I guess it just means authentic. 
you know, New Testament Christianity, right? Well, uh, primitive because what saved me, Paul, uh, in the end, after my, after my crisis and my, my death was really going back and digging deep into the early church. So mm -hmm. when I talk about being primitive, I talk about uh, rediscovering uh, the genuine article of like who Jesus was in the gospels, but also how his followers followed him in the first, second, third centuries. And uh, it was mind blowing for me to examine Christianity uh, in a, uh, through a lens where there was no uh, professional ties to it, because there were always professional ties in my life. There was money attached to it, there was position, there was employment, and I just love capturing Christianity without all of those strings attached, and I fell in love with Jesus again, and I fell in love with his church again, which was wow. amazing. Yeah, That's incredible, and I think that you know, that's the, what comes out in the book is that authenticity that, that you came to. And so we can get so caught up in our ministry that our ministry can become our mistress. Yes. We can, we can become so caught up in position that we lose the connection. Oh, so right, man. Christ. It's so easy. You know, it happens to a lot of guys and people talk about it all the time. And yet guy, yeah, we still do it because we all say we, meaning us who have never made a mistake, of course, obviously, we know you've made a mistake. You wrote about it. Yeah. Uh, and we, who have never made a mistake, uh, we look at that and go, uh, yeah, you know, that's him. But, dude, I'm, I'm okay. This will never happen to me. Man, I'm telling you, right there is, uh, right there is an issue. Hey, so tell me, because uh, I want to get into some of the uh, resurrection, which is, Remarkable. You're leading, uh, you're coaching guys on, on sexual health. You're coaching couples. You're coaching uh, churches, how to minister to people who are in trouble dealing with sexual dysfunction. You're, you're speaking, you're doing a ton of stuff online. And so you're very accessible and you're really honest. Uh, it's kind of like once you put it all in a book and it's in print, <laughs> there's nothing to hide anymore, is there? No. And there was a reason for that. You know, uh, I, I, I kind of look at my life as a modern day, present day Proverbs 7 story. So Proverbs okay. 7 is just an ugly story about a young man who gets caught in, uh, in sexual lust with a woman. And it ends by saying, you know, uh, she will take him to the grave. And that's what really happened to me. So I felt, you know, I don't think every guy needs to be as obviously as public as I've been with uh, my right. mess and, and my, you know, my, my, my pain. But uh, it definitely gets the attention of men uh, when I speak to guys, when I yeah. do men's events, and when I coach. Uh, they know that I know what I'm talking about. They know that I know that I've been there. Yeah, you know, and thank you for taking the pain of that because you're right. Uh, you, you're not suggesting that everybody go public with stuff that's happened uh yeah that's an amazing proverb because it's like the if i remember it's uh, the bird flying into the snare having seen it yeah right and yeah. uh it's like going walking into a trap having seen the trap and you still walk in anyway so this thing tips over tell me about that moment because this 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 was the one where you were telling this in the book sitting on my back porch like i said i started reading it on a saturday afternoon and saturday night i'm still sitting here reading this thing and I'm hitting this part about how uh, it was a little earlier, actually, in the book, but 
Where, how, tell us how it all tipped over. I know the story, but. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, was out, discovered? I was out, you know, one night with one of my many, you know, women that I had online. And they were, I, I, I was never the affair guy. I wasn't looking to leave my marriage. I wasn't looking to right. find a new woman. It was just lust. It was just like yeah. one encounter after another encounter. And so I'm with one of these people and uh, I made a huge mistake. Uh, which I never did in my, in, in my world, in my rules, if you will. And I saw her more than once and, uh, she was smarter than I thought, wiser than I thought. Uh, she wasn't an escort. She was just a, a person I met online. Of course, I used my fake name and all of that. And, uh, <laughs> she figured out who I was. Um, she was pretty crafty. Uh, she uh, somehow got, well, she got a hold of my identification uh, very, very secretly, subtly, yeah. and uh, went back to her house and Googled me, and she came out and said, I cannot believe you. I cannot believe how you've lied to me. I can't believe who you really are. And she gave me an ultimatum. She said, either you go and disclose everything and tell your family and your church and uh, the people in your world, or I will go public uh, with this. And, and that was oh, in no. Dallas, Texas. So the gig was up, man. It was over. And I wow. knew at that moment it was over. My heart fell, you know, to the oh. floor. And uh, I went to my best friend, uh, told him everything. His name is Ron Luce. And uh, Ron walked me through disclosure and confession with my wife and my kids and my family. And then he wow. showed up at church that Sunday, uh, which was Easter Sunday, 2010. And he read my resignation letter Easter Sunday on Easter Sunday, bro. What can you believe that? You know, I mean the day that we should be celebrating resurrection. Yeah. Our, I was dying. My family was dying and our church felt like death had hit them square in the eye. So it was an ugly Ugly day, ugly week in my family. My my kids were devastated. When I told my family, obviously my wife was just broken and like she was just like on the floor in just yeah. pain and tears. My oldest son, who was 23 or 24 at the time, just got out of his chair, looked at me and said, F you and ran out the door. I mean, it was it was the ugliest moment in my life and uh it was as know, ugly as ugly can get yeah i mean my my greatest regret uh was i wish i could have encountered all the pain because i deserved it all but the fact that innocent people uh like my family my wife my my children and yeah. even friends and people in our church community that they had to suffer through my own decisions is what uh i regret the most Hey, this is Chris. Let me take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to remind you how to get in touch with Paul and Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's cmn.men. Also, you can write to Paul at paul at cmn.men. That's paul at cmn.men. We have tremendous resources for churches with special discounts for groups on that website. Everything a church needs from A to Z to mentor and disciple men of all ages and backgrounds. Now, let's get back to this awesome interview between Paul and Blaine Bartell. And Ron, uh, Ron and Katie Luce, 
uh, Teen Mania, mm-hmm. doing incredible work across the nation. That would have been, would that, see, 2010, was that about the same time that Hannah was in a plane crash? Uh, it was just after that that she had that crash, yeah. Yeah, so, man, they're walking. So Ron walked you through that, and then his wife, his daughter, Hannah, is the sole survivor in a plane crash, tragically took some people's lives. And what a friend. Bro, you know, Ron. Uh, that's Ron a brother, man. That's brotherhood. Yeah, we met in 1986 and grew up in ministry together. But I got to tell you, that guy – you know, it's been 10 years now since that crisis, and uh, there hasn't been a month go by that he hasn't reached out to me. Uh, and wow. early on, it was every every day. And then yeah. uh, he, he's just been an amazing friend, and I, I needed that. So that's brotherhood, man. That's what it's about right there. And uh, brotherhood's about showing up, and brotherhood isn't always about having all the answers. Sometimes we think that's what we have to have. But he, but it is walking with a friend, regardless of what's happened, right? I mean, well, he could have said, "Hey, if I do this, it may not look good for me," you know, with churches that we're going to and that kind of stuff. Well, and he was busy. I mean, he had a multi-million-dollar ministry with huge you know, ministry, hundreds of people on the road, hundreds of staff, and mm-hmm. there was never a time he didn't take a call. You know, never a time that he didn't wow. call uh, when I when I needed him, and. Uh, yeah, and you know, it wasn't just that he was encouraging to me, uh, and he didn't have all the answers. I mean, the, the wisest thing he ever did was send me to some good rehab and some good counseling. But I remember many times me coming to him saying, Ron, I'm ready, you know, I'm I'm ready to be back. Like six months later, can can I get, you know, back in ministry? Because I'd submitted my life to him and two other men. And I remember him just saying, Blaine, I love you, man. And, you, you know, one day you're going to be ready, uh, and, uh, but you're not, you're not yet. And, it's not uh, now. <laughs> and no. you're, you're such a typical guy. We all are. Oh, yeah, man. You know, it's like, hey, I'm good. Yeah. We you get know, we- <laughs> fall down, get back up. Okay, got that done. I'm good. Let's go do this thing because we want to get to work because that's what's built into us. What happened with uh, your marriage and your children? Well, Kathy, uh, my wife, is uh, is the hero of the story because she single-handedly held our family together, held uh, my kids together, and she fought with everything in her being to try to uh, try to resurrect, you know, trust in our marriage and hope in our marriage. And, and after a year, I mean, of, of just literally every week counseling and doing work together, uh, she just couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. uh, you have to understand, Paul, there were, uh, you know, there were hundreds and hundreds of uh, disclosures that I had to make in counseling with her, full disclosure of every place I'd been, everything I'd done, and it broke her. She passed mm. out three times during disclosure. Uh, wow. It took two days. So, you know, she was just so hurt and so betrayed, and uh, as hard as we tried, she just could never get back to a place of trust uh, and hopefulness. And uh, so we went through, I guess, what I could call the most loving divorce that I've ever seen. I mean, we, hmm. we didn't fight. It wasn't ugly. We, uh, we, we didn't have attorneys. I mean, I, you know, we just, we just, uh, knew we couldn't make it or she knew that she couldn't 
trust me. And uh, by God's grace, uh, she didn't turn my boys against me. Uh, my boys did take a while to warm up to me. A couple, I would think so. A couple of years, you know, of watching to see if their dad was actually going to change. Uh, but she never, she never put them uh, in a place where they felt like they had to be on her side and not mine. And yeah. today, Kathy and I are beautiful friends. Uh, we talk pretty much every, uh, you know, like lately, every week. Yeah. <laughs> she's, well, she's, yeah, with everything going on with kids yeah, and all that sort of stuff. She's alone. And, and so, yeah. we, you know, Lori and I reach out to her a lot. We do family things together all the time with <laughs> our boys and so. You know, I've I've seen healings like that. It's it is rare, but it is real, and uh, and it's possible. And I just want to say that to everybody listening. And uh, you and Lori have been married now six years. Yes, six years. Uh, it's been it's been amazing. It's a it's amazing she <laughs> agreed to marry me because I remember two months into our courtship in Tulsa here, uh, she didn't have a clue who I was. I mean, she okay. wasn't. In, she didn't know the background. No, she was a Christian, but she was a uh, Methodist Baptist Christian. She wasn't in my Pentecostal world. So, <laughs> so about two months in, I remember we were sitting across each other from dinner and I said, Hey, Lori, have you ever Googled me? And she just looked at me and said, why would I want to Google you? <laughs> And I said, you might want to Google this. <laughs> you might, you <laughs> might want to take a chance here. <laughs> so oh my gosh, now that, that took some cojones right there, Blaine. Oh my gosh. I wow. mean, to say to a girl, hey, um, you might want to, you might want to Google me. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a mass killer. Yeah. So you know, she. That night she did, and there was like all these, you know, Dallas Morning News, Charisma Magazine, all these uh, online articles about my my fall and my failure and my betrayal. Okay, so, what happened next? What happened next? Well, we went out again the next night, and she had a lot of questions. Yeah. It was uh, like, oh, my gosh, what else have you done, and, and who are you? And so by this time, it had been, uh, I think, about five years uh four or five years since my disclosure. And uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, I remember her just looking at me that, that day when we had that talk after, and she just said, uh, you just don't appear to be that man anymore. I don't know who that wow. was. And she said, now I am going to watch you really close. <laughs> I'm going to keep my eye on you. And uh, I want to know who your friends are. And, and yeah, um, I'll be, by the way, I'll be tracking your phone. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we courted for a year, you know, another. That's, that's really smart, yeah. You know, really good period of time, and we got to know each other, each other's families. And and I I just got to tell you, she is the most amazing, loving, merciful, gracious uh, person in my, in my world, yeah. outside of my parents and my Yeah, kids. that's that's fantastic, man. That is really awesome. And uh, so now you've got this ministry, you coach guys, you help guys get to sexual purity, uh, relational health, marriages, uh, the whole thing. I mean, it's incredible. BlaineBartel.com, B-L-I-N-E-B-A-R-T-E-L, BlaineBartel.com. That's an interesting story about, about your Blake and Elaine. Yeah. You know, because it's funny, because I, I can remember what, I mean, I remember, being, you know, having a background in media and marketing and all that stuff. 
and I had a company back then that and I remember watching the the Saturday night thing and the fire by night and all that stuff. And, and then I, I, I remember thinking, is, is Blaine a stage name? Did he, is that, you know, did he, where did that come from? You know, awesome, Paul. Well, yeah. BB, BB, Blaine Bartel. Yeah. Is this, is this a thing that becomes like a logo? Is that what that is? And so you get this great ministry and uh, resurrection with it. But golly, man, dude, you went through hell in order to be help in order to help us. And that's what Death by a Thousand Lies does. And I know you're writing some other things. I hope we're able to see some of these books uh, in the near future. And I'd love to have you, uh, you know, come and speak at, at some of our conferences and that kind of stuff. Because, dude, what you went through is really every guy. Listen. And you know this, but let me just share it with our guys. Every man that allows pornography to capture your attention and then begin to control your heart will eventually control the destiny of your life. Mm. Because whatever's in your heart ends up being what you do with your hands. And I can't tell you how many guys I've talked to who said, I just thought it was a private thing. I I don't know how I got here. I don't know what happened. I don't care if I've met him at a jail or he's telling me about the affair that he just had. And he's in almost every single guy, Blaine goes, I have no idea how I got here. Well, let's go back to where this started, you know. And, and so often it comes back to being uh, grabbed a hold of by pornography. The issue of pornography isn't just the sin of that moment. Which you could say, Father, forgive me. And, you know, First John 1, 9 and 10, you're forgiven. But it's really the stuff we hold on to and the shame. It clouds your thinking. It literally changes the, uh, the, the way, the, the uh, texture of your brain. Mm-hmm. Dopamine and, and some of the other chemicals that are secreted. You know, particularly when guys are watching porn and masturbating, there's all this stuff that happens that creates templates that become our life. Yeah. So the issue of porn isn't that moment of watching something you just go, ah, I feel dirty. No, it's, it's what, what's what happens later. The fact that you've actually cut off relationship with your wife because all relationships spirit to spirit. Well, you know, yeah, that's the way we approach uh, our coaching as well as it's not an issue of right and wrong as much as it is an issue of just developing a very unhealthy soul. Mm. Um, you know, one of the most, well, I read the other day, uh, I think it was the, uh, the American uh, Lawyers Association said, uh, porn has now become the number one reason for divorce in America. And the reason for that is... Really, more than money. Yeah. And it's because uh, it so separates a husband and a wife because there is no way that a woman, uh, uh, um, a wife in a marriage can possibly live up to what a man's watching in the porn world. Mm. And so it begins to separate. She no longer is attractive to him sexually because he's got this whole other world. And of course, it's a fake world and it's not a real world, but uh, it just diminishes uh, the sexuality. And like you said, there's a spirit uh, and a spiritual tie sexually with a, a husband and wife. Yeah. And so that gets broken, and pretty soon the entire relationship uh, gets broken. And then the other thing is, you know, I mean, I, I the people I coach, uh, NBA players, uh, college coaches, 
uh, pastors, you would know their names, business guys that are uh, CEOs. These are very, very, uh, a lot of them, very successful people. Yeah. And, uh, and they have got themselves into a place where porn has taken them down a road that is about to take not just their marriage, not just their family, but their career because of where it has led them. And so it just is such an awful vice. It just steals, it destroys it. it and, and, and I think the worst thing for me is, was the shame because I knew it was killing me. I knew it was going to kill my family. And I remember looking in the mirror every day and saying, I hate you. I hated myself. Wow. And that God. shame just cycles oh us God. down into depression wow. and despair. And uh, for a lot of people, suicide. I mean, I, I tried to take my life twice. So did you really, you know, I, in fact, you wrote that somewhere. You said uh, you actually had, how'd, how'd you put it? Uh, like a really robust attempt. Yeah, I went to... Uh, you weren't just playing around or crying for help. You were like, this is it. You know, I ran out in the middle of traffic in front of our church, which was a three-lane highway, and just started uh, walking towards traffic. And, I mean, trucks and cars are screeching and moving all over, trying to miss me. And, and I was just saying, God, take me. And set, I think five or six police cruisers pulled up with guns out and thought I was, you know, well, I was. I was crazy at the time, but... Uh, and that's when they sent me to, sent me to rehab. But yeah, it is just, it's an awful, it's an awful, awful thing. And uh, I would just tell men that may be watching this or leaders that may be watching this that, you know, the best thing that ever happened in my life was disclosure, but it didn't have to happen the way it did. I, I didn't have to get caught. I could have yeah. disclosed myself, you know, and, and that's why I call my book death by a thousand lies. My death wasn't because of my sin as much as it was my lying and my covering up of the sin. You know, Jesus knows we sin. Jesus knows uh, we don't hit the mark. What right. we've got to do is move into this confessional relationship with a brother, with a person, maybe with a ministry that can help us uh, get well and get whole. And uh, yeah, you can stop it right now just by really by confession with a brother. I mean, that's I can't tell you how many guys that have come to me and just said, okay, here's where I'm at. And then I go, okay, where do you want to be? I want to be healed. Okay, then let's do this thing. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen, I've just seen, and you've seen the same thing. I've just seen so many guys whose lives were radically turned around just because of the courage, really literally the courage of just one moment to call me or call you or to stand in front of you at a meeting and say, can I talk to you for a second? Bam, he says, he says it and speaks it for the first time to hear it himself. And then all that, bam, there it is. The path has started. Path Absolutely. towards healing. Absolutely, bro. That's fantastic. And you've seen guys healed of this. You've seen marriages healed. Uh, and, and again, the book is uh, Death by a Thousand Lies, Blaine Bartell. Uh, but the thing is, uh, to, to everybody watching or listening right now, don't write your own book on this. Yes. <laughs> it's already been written, bro. Yeah, we don't need another one. By the <laughs> way, uh, if you'll allow me, we are premiering right now uh, our documentary. And I didn't do this documentary. Another, another television company approached me uh, about, oh, nine months ago and asked to do a documentary on my story. Wow. And, uh, it is just released this week. It's on our uh, YouTube channel. 
So if you want to, uh, if you don't, if you don't like reading, you'd rather not read the book and you'd like to actually watch the story. Uh, I'm interviewed. My son is interviewed, uh, my oldest wow. son, and, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. So it's, uh, it's on my uh, YouTube channel, which uh, you can find. Just look up Blaine B TV, Blaine B TV, and uh, it's about a it's a four part documentary. I think it goes about forty five minutes. Wow! Yeah, I can't wait to see it, man. Is it on your website now, or is it, it's coming to your website? Uh, we're we're going to put a link on our website. Yeah, uh, to it. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, a link yes. will be in there. Yeah. Fantastic, man. And what's the what's the name of the documentary? Is it the same name or? Same name. They asked if they could use the title of my book. So I said, yeah, if you want well, to. It is a, uh, seriously, the first time, uh, I can't even remember where I saw it, but uh, when I saw the title, I went, whoa. And then when I, I, I actually, it, just so you know, I actually paid retail and bought a copy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like some swag that, came, that some guy sent me, you know. And, uh, or the, or that your PR guy sent or whatever. This is real stuff, man. It really deeply impacted me. And I remember finding your phone number through a friend. In fact, it might have been through Ron and, uh, and in calling you and you were so gracious that you spent an hour on the phone with me the first time I called you. And, and I just, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the, your willingness to be not just write the book, but then do this, do the work you know, to, to help other guys, because this is a, this is like a crashing wave. This is like a tsunami and we don't need just one or two or three guys. We need 30 or 40 or 50 or 500 that are not just willing, but equipped, you know? And uh, so we can learn from you, uh, learn by reading your stuff, um, see the documentary. And then uh, some of us need to just, when the Lord speaks to us and says, okay, that's the thing you need to hit. We just need to do it. You know, it, it may not put you on the biggest stages in the world, but what it will do is change the lives of thousands of people. Yeah, beautiful. And that's what we're about because the whole popularity crap and all that sort of stuff, and, and you were in it. You were famous. You, you had uh, eight by ten glossies. <laughs> you, had, you had people that walked around at NRB going, have you seen – <laughs> you seen this? Yes. In fact, right. I'm going to go get one for you right now. You'll love this. Hold on. I'll be right here. Okay. Check this out. I've still got this as a, no, uh, you memento, a memento of my former life. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Hold up a little closer. Hold up a little closer. Dude, that's unbelievable, man. That's I love great. the caption at the bottom. Fairly well-known Christian TV host. <laughs> See, and that was that was considered cutting-edge PR back in the late '80s, bro. I've got some photos like that where we got all our hand our hands across when we're in suits, yeah. and our arms are crossed, and we're looking all bad, like a bunch of <laughs> at an advertising agency. Yeah, we produced the NRB stuff for a number of years, so anyway. I know. Well, wow. it's hilarious that you actually have that, man. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I just held on to it. I thought, you know, I'm going to remind myself where I never want to go again. <laughs> it's my old you life. You know, here's the deal. If we get, if we're doing stuff and the Lord blesses it and we get well known and, and you're a Francis Chan or a whatever and your book gets known, it's not that there's, we're not demeaning that. No. 
what we're saying is there's a whole stream of our lives in which we desire to be popular and desire prestige and desire position. And that lustful thing for that can cause us to act out in terms of trying to put ourselves with the right people, being the right selfies, being the right photos, you know, to put it on Instagram and all that. And it's the attitude of our heart. If God blesses you and, and you know, like Francis has just moved to Hong Kong and we know hundreds of guys that the Lord's blessed and put in positions of, you know, like Pastor Willie George that you were with for years and, and uh, you know, Stephen Furtick and guys like that. And you can't just basically say, okay, this is because this and this. There are times God just kisses stuff and there's no other way to explain it. And it's the attitude of our heart, Blaine. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's how we take this in and position ourselves before Christ. And uh, again, I come back to uh, what your uh, Facebook headline says, don't settle for recovery when Jesus is handing out resurrections. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic, man. And uh, we just pray everything you're doing with uh, Blaine Bartell Ministries and the, the books and the materials and the new documentary Man, we pray every place you put your feet becomes holy ground. Everything your hands touch will prosper. And that God will keep you and Lori and your family deep within the grip of his grace and favor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right. That was powerful. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah. Just how (laughs) resonant. It's amazing. Yeah. It just shows how God is a restorer. Yeah, no question, man. A restorer, but different. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, uh, okay, he's restored, remarried, doing really well. I don't know, what what would happen if he had gotten, um, what would happen if, you know, because like he's 19, 20 years old, whatever it was, when, when the, you know, he's in the hotel and he sees porn and what if that had, what if he had had somebody like you talked about right yeah. at the start? What if he had been able to sit down and go, hey, bro. I'm messed up over this thing. Yeah. But, I mean, God does everything so intentionally and perfect. So, I mean, he, would he be the man that... Think about all the lies he's he's rescuing, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's... Yeah, it's true. So, it's it basically, here's what I, I see it as beauty out of ashes. Exactly. And and so, when, when the Bible says that all things work together for them yes. to love God and, and, uh, and walk according to their purpose in yes. God... You know, all things work together for good. I don't think all things are good. Yeah. <laughs> they work together for good. Yes, and that's a big difference that oh, we don't dude. often talk about. All things work together for good. Yes, but it has to start. But that's why I love what your dad always says. He says, um, if it's a negative, you know the story's not over. Yeah. Because uh, God always ends on a positive. And man, I mean, I think so that's true. the reality that we have to base our lives off of. Okay, we might be going through hell right now, but guess what? The sun's going to come out and heaven is going to manifest. The kingdom of God will be established. Yeah. You know, what you just said is something because it's ingrained in you because you've gone through the uh, Christian Men's Network materials, Major and Amen materials. And I think that's why with our Christian Men's Network YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. we've got Strong Men on Tough Times in there. We've got, we're working on Never Quit as we do this podcast. We've got Never Quit getting ready to launch. Uh, those studies going through those materials will imprint you with something that brings you hope and reality and uh, if you will changes your ability to make correct decisions exactly yeah wisdom yeah right and and 
learning the process of things because mm-hmm. i think oftentimes especially with somebody being a millennial in my generation or yeah. even younger we look for microwave <laughs> microwave progression you know what i mean and we don't realize it's we want a walk. it now yeah it's a walk yeah. it's a marathon know? bro yeah it's not a sprint and when you walk you have people that can journey with you but when you run you outrun everybody that's why i love this story of blaine bartello exactly that, um, he just kept walking it out he knew he'd messed up uh he suffered the consequences he has yeah. the relationship again with his children grandchildren all that kind of thing so What a great story. Yeah, thank you for being with us today on Brave Men, a ministry of the Christian Men's Network. Again, as Chris said, you can find us at cmn.men, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men. Don't go to CNN. No, we want the good news. We want the the good news. news. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also cmnsummit.com, cmnsummit.com. Every year in November, we have a, a leadership summit here in Dallas. And even with the COVID-19, we're doing it online. It's kind of a hybrid. It's in person and online. Yeah. And uh, that thing's always tremendous. Some of the greatest speakers in the world. And what I love about this Brave Men podcast is some of the greatest men in the world are on this thing. You just go down the list of all the guys who have been on and some of the ones that you and I know are coming up. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, the Warren Farrells of the world and in these amazing guys. Yes. Uh, Alan West. Yes, Alan West. Right. Republican. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, amazing men like that. Mm-hmm. And as well as the ones we've already had on, like Michael Phillips and, and John Eldridge and. Uh, Demario Davis. Demario Davis. And then uh, Stephen Mansfield. Watson, Benjamin Stephen Watson. Stephen Mansfield. Jim you know, Garlow. Yeah. Jim, I mean, and these guys are on the national news all the time. Yeah. Dave Barton. Or David, David Barton. Barton. Yeah, yeah. So now there you are. Chris Chris Shields, a stud producer, man. <laughs> well, Making it happen. I mean, it's just Getting by the grace of God. On, you know. By the grace of God and a lot of phone calls and emails. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things I would just add into that is the reality of how he's guided this, though. Yeah. You know, yeah, he puts people on my mind. And then yeah. I get the opportunity to yeah. chase them down. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. And just bug the heck out of them. Yes. Persistence is key, y'all. Pers- persistence is key. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Constancy is is the um, the fuel of success. Yes. Hey, thank you for being with us on Brave Men. Thank you, Chris, for producing such a great show. And thank you to um, Blaine Bartell. Uh, I want to recommend his book again to you. Uh, we mentioned it a couple times as we talked. But it's a death by a thousand lies. It's on Amazon. It's on his ministry site. I look forward to talking to you sometime. Write to me at paul at cmn.men. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. And you know what? Hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.man.